Welcome to CYC Podcast Discussions on Child and Youth Care. I'm Wolfgang Vashel. If you work with children and youth for any extended period of time, it is very likely you'll work with young people who have experience in the child welfare or child protective services. So, for example, in Canada, according to the 2011 census, there were just under 48,000 children in the foster care system that year. And if we talk about children under the age of 14 in foster care, 52.2% are Indigenous, even though only 7.7% of the population of Canada under 14 are Indigenous. And the Ontario Human Rights Commission noted that in some child welfare agencies, Black children are, quote, more likely to be placed in care than white children, and children and Black-led families are in care longer than children with parents from other racial groups and the quotation. So the child welfare system needs to remain a focus for those of us who work in uh, the system and work with young people. And one way it remains a focus is by speaking with and listening to those who are in the system or have been part of the system. And that's the conversation I'm going to have today. My guest is the newest president of the Board of Directors of Youth in Care Canada, Mr. Connor Lowe's. Connor, thank you so much for taking the time uh, and joining our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me, Wolfgang. I'm really excited to, uh, to see what we can come up with in this conversation. Awesome. I love that. I love that um, perspective. What are we going to create together? So I, I wonder if I could start by just you perhaps giving us some context about what is Youth in Care Canada and, and what does the organization do? Yeah, awesome. So Youth in Care Canada is a volunteer-based uh, volunteer youth advocacy organization. It's a, it's a youth-serving organization. And as per our bylaws, we intend to be a first voice um, youth advocacy organization. So what that means in the modern lingo is that uh, a first voice is somebody who's lived in the care system. So generally, it should be over 50% or composed rather and, and constituted of over 50% members who have been in the care system. So that's what makes us a first voice advocacy organization is that we have first voices um, who, who constitute us. So uh, the way that we operate is the standard, uh, as I'm discovering the standard uh, directors and the board of directors, and then there's our president and the secretary and, and uh, of course, uh, and then uh, we have about, or at maximum two directors from each province and territory. Uh, and those directors essentially aim to liaison with the CASs and the child welfare organizations in their respective province and territory. So for example, uh, I'm the director uh, for Ontario as well as uh, my presidency role. And so I liaise with Ottawa CAS, Toronto CAS. I actually work with OACAS, um, so uh, uh, Children's Aid Society CAS, and then the Ontario's Association of Children's Aid Societies, which manages the, uh, I think 20 or 30, I think 32 uh CASs uh in in Ontario so um essentially we just we liaison with everyone and we're just a a resource to help activate the other um youth advocacy and youth serving organizations in the province and territory uh 
that we represent. Nice. And when, when you talk about liaising or liaisoning, liais, liaisoning? Um, I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a teacher. I should know these words. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? What, so what's the, what, what does that comprise of or what are you doing in your liaising? Yeah, so for example, um, uh, what we do is, uh, and of course the reason we met today, so uh, we have students that'll reach out to us and say, hey, I'm doing a, a placement or I'm doing my master's, I'm doing my PhD, uh, and I'm doing it with uh, the CYC program at Ryerson or at Humber. And um, I'm really just hoping to ask you, uh, you being the board of directors or ask the director for that province uh, or the president or whoever they're asking and reaching out to at our organization. And they said, um, or they'll say something like, I just want a, a, a first voice perspective. I just want you to look over this or, or sort of supervise my work, however they want us to be involved. They just want some, uh, some advice, some, uh, some practical uh, uh, perspective. And that is something that Youth and Care Canada can provide and does and, and has provided. Um, and then it can be something bigger, like when an organization, and we'll get to this a little later, when an organization like OCAC, which is the Ontario Coalition, or the Ontario OCAC, Ontario Child Advancement Coalition, I believe. Uh, I work with them, I should know. Um, <laughs> and so when uh, they reach out to us and say, hey, we're doing this great project, do you want to join on? We'll, we will join on. We'll, we'll say, that's a great idea. Let's do that together. And we take this sort of approach of strength in numbers. So um, let's work on it together. You have expertise. I have expertise. Together, we can create something that's larger than the sum of our parts, to use uh, a, a phrase, uh, as I like to do. Um, so sort of like what we're doing today. Nice, nice. And would you be willing to tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became or and or how you became involved with Youth and Care Canada? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to begin with the first part of that question, so my name is Connor Lowe's. Uh, I'm a 20-year-old uh, student at the University of Toronto, uh, St. George. Uh, uh, just turned 20, actually, last month. Oh, um, happy birthday. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I love that. Still my birthday. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm, uh, what am I doing? So I'm studying, uh, I'm studying philosophy and law. Uh, so I'm doing a specialist in philosophy, a major in ethics, society, and law, and a minor in bioethics. So I just like to argue with people and uh, that's basically <laughs> what I do all day. Uh, I'm in my third year of uh, my undergraduate argument degree and uh, I hope to graduate in 2022. I hope to attend law school. I hope to go to UT law school, hope to be a lawyer. Uh, so all these great things, uh, aspirations. So that's a little bit about uh, me, maybe a little bit about the work that I do. Um, I've, uh, I've been involved with youth advocacy for about maybe seven years. Uh, I'm 20 now, and I was supposed to be 14 to join a local advocacy organization, and I was 13 when I joined, so uh, seven years. Um, since then, um, and, and actually just in the last year or so, uh, I've done work and, and been, uh, I guess, employed, well, that's a fun word, um, by OECAS, as I mentioned earlier. So the uh, Ontario's Association of Children's Aid Societies. I've also uh, done work, as we'll discuss right now, uh, with Youth and Care Canada. Um, I'm a board advisor at the Child Welfare Political Action Committee. Um, I'm even lucky enough to be a youth advisor at the United Nations. Um, and I do work on the Convention of the Rights of the Child. Um, 
Uh, so that's all really exciting. Some stuff that I do. I essentially, I just, I love law and I love developing and looking at new strategies and policies and legislation to help prepare youth who are close to or have already aged out of care to break down barriers, which prevent them from accessing post-secondary education, um, regardless of what facet or form that looks like, whether it be uh, apprenticeship or um, college, university, um, co-op position, whatever they want to do, um, they should be able to do it, uh, just like everybody else can. So that's about me, uh, how I got involved in Youth Care Canada. Fantastic question. Um, so I got an email from OACAS, uh, just like their standard emails uh, while I was working for them. And I was supposed to send it out to a list serve. And when I did, uh, I actually read the email, no way. And uh, it was uh, it was the like a yearly or it was maybe a monthly newsletter sent out by Youth and Care Canada saying that they were looking for board members. And I said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm doing all this stuff. Why not apply? Why not just apply? And I can decide whether or not I'll be good for the position, whether or not I can do the position. I can decide all that later. Let's just apply. Uh, so I applied. Um, I had an interview. Had another interview, uh, and then uh, I was uh, lucky enough to to join the the board of directors as the director, uh, one of the two directors for Ontario. So that's how I got involved with Youth in Care Canada, uh, and that's a little bit about me. Nice. When you, when you talk about youth advocacy, I'm I'm particularly interested when back at thirteen, fourteen, what you know, what what were the issues that you were advocating for at, 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 at that moment in, in time? Yeah. So it's not, it kind of seems like, wow, like a, a 13 year old, what is, what could he possibly be doing? And I know that's not uh, the sort of way that you were asking the question. Uh, I don't, I'm not trying to frame it that way, but essentially <laughs> okay. uh, it might be a question in some people's heads, like, wow, what could you possibly do at 13? Certainly um, when I look at answering the question, uh, I have to think, what was I doing at 13? Um, and at 13, I had essentially joined and I'd taken part of the Youth Can Conference. And I said, hey, like this, this youth and care thing isn't, isn't, isn't that bad. Like, uh, you know, like associating with, with this organization. Back then I was involved with um, and living in uh, Ottawa. So I was involved with the Ottawa Children's Aid Society. And um, I joined their youth group there called CAST, so C-A-S Teens, so Children's Aid Society Teens. Uh, and so um, this CAST group, um, worked on small youth advocacy stuff. So not larger scale, um, like, um, political, um, lobbying or, um, creating like, uh, petitions or, or, or whatnot. It was more like, let's, let's advocate for youth in the sense that we'll do a little fundraiser and we will create a little program. Like we'll do a bake sale and then we'll create a program, uh, and throw maybe like a, a pride parade for youth in care, not a parade, maybe like an event or something like that. And the way that that was sort of youth advocacy work, I, and I sort of group it in, it's perhaps different than the youth advocacy work that you might imagine being youth advocacy or um, the work that I do today. Uh, but it still was the sort of beginning of that. And it's it's youth advocacy in the sense that um, it's, it's youth serving. Um, and it was for youth in care and it was done by youth in care. And... Um, and that, that's what made it exciting, but that's, uh, I think, what made it also uh, advocacy. So um, uh, perhaps loosely, but uh, yes, been involved for a little while. Mm -hmm. and, and over those seven years that you've been an advocate in, in different ways, what do you see the, uh, where, where do you put your, your advocacy energy now? What do you see as 
important themes or topics or, or issues or concepts to advocate for now as, as it relates to youth in the child welfare or child protection services? Yeah, um, good question. So um, I'll begin with a little bit of context. When I first started, uh, I was doing, like I mentioned, the little youth advocacy stuff. Um, uh, and then uh, when I turned uh, 15, or rather when I turned 16, I actually moved away from Ottawa. So I moved away from that group and uh, actually sort of got rejoined um, and, and, and um, reconnected that part of my identity a little bit later when I was 18. So it took a two year hiatus, um, but then uh, got involved again when I was 18. And now to answer your question directly, um, uh, what, what's the sort of stuff that I'm, that I'm doing now? Is that an accurate? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. yeah and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm particularly interested, you know, yeah, let's just, let's just start with that. I mean, ask one question at a time. I'll try to model good question asking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, the youth advocacy, specifically the, the work that I'm doing right now, it varies based on the organization um, that I'm doing the, the work with, but um, largely uh, most of my efforts are, uh, and most of my energy is put into Youth and Care Canada at the moment. And Youth and Care Canada, see the work that I'm doing with Youth and Care Canada and for Youth and Care Canada is, um, is focused on readiness indicators and creating a readiness-based system for youth leaving care. So it's to eliminate the age, aging out process. So eliminate the, you know, 18 to 21, 18 to 25 and 21 to 25, whatever, from the vocabulary. And instead replace it with when, when the youth is ready. So instead of a youth turning 18 and being booted out of their home, it's, hey, is the youth ready to leave their home? Do they have certain readiness indicators, which might indicate their readiness, uh, cleverly named. So do they have uh, money to move out? Do they have a job? Do they have a high school diploma? Do they have a place to go when they're kicked out? Do they have um, stable people in their lives that they can uh, call upon in times of need? Do they have a health card? Do they have a spirit name, really importantly? Um, and, and so stuff like that, um, making sure that them, and, and them being youth uh, and young people that are leaving care, have a, a successful, are set up for success rather than set up for failure uh, and are able to leave care when they choose to um, instead of when they're forced to. Um, and, and what's the response been around, around that idea of readiness indicators versus chronological indicators? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, chronological indicators, uh, we use the word, uh, I think it's age-based indicators. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. regardless of what you use, um, the government has actually, we've um, brought this initiative to the government. Uh, and that's a big, big, a big group. So I guess more specifically, um, we brought it to the attention of uh, Jill Dunlop and, uh, or rather Minister Jill Dunlop. Um, I'm still confused as to how to I think associate minister, but I'm not sure how to address them. So please forgive me if you're listening. Um, but uh, uh, very important person, Jill Dunlop, and then very important person, uh, some other people that are also in, uh, at the helm of making these decisions or able to. So like obviously we can go to Doug Ford directly and say, or Premier Ford, and say directly like change this because he doesn't like that's not his job. So um, so whoever's job it was, we sent the letter. I can't remember the names now. It was a while ago. We sent essentially a letter that had endorsers and we had from across uh, Ontario and Canada and even some people in the United States, believe it or not, sign uh, our letter and endorse it and say, we agree with the stuff. We agree with what's written in here. We agree with this idea. It needs to happen. We're on board. We're behind you. And we had about 800 people um, sign that 
sign that endorsement and say, yeah, we're, 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 we're for this. And some of them were politicians. Some of them were um, really important people. Uh, so the response from the general public and, and people, uh, really important people from, um, from the, the child welfare sector, uh, like uh, Erwin Elman and Cindy Blackstock, people like that, uh, and professors in, 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 in the child welfare, I guess, sectors, so like in the CYC programs, such as yourself. So um, very, very well received. Um, and then in terms of how it was received by the government, um, also very well received. In fact, um, better than perhaps uh, we could have imagined. And so when I say we, I'm not doing this work alone. I partner with OCAC, like I said earlier, the Ontario Children's Advancement Coalition. Got it one time that time. And I partner specifically with Cheyenne Ratnam from the OCAC. Uh, and then uh, we also do the work uh, with Erwin uh, Elman, who sort of helps us. Uh, though if he hears this, he would say, I don't do the work. I just want you to do the work. Uh, but that would be classic Erwin. So um, what we do uh, is we meet with the government and we say, uh, this should happen. Uh, and it, when we did, uh, it was very positive. So they essentially said, um, this is needed to happen for a while. And specifically because of COVID, or COVID, not COVID, COVID, specifically because of COVID, it needs to happen now and it's the perfect time for it to happen now um so it's been very well received and, and with these sorts of readiness indicators how how would that benefit young people um in care young people looking at leaving care and people in the transition phase how would how do you see that being a um, a helpful change for them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fantastic. I think that this is a three-pronged question. So people in care, people leaving care, and then I think people that were formerly in care, I think this helps primarily the first two, um, but I'll address that individually. So people in care, it helps people in care. It helps young people in care because in order for the readiness indicator of perhaps uh, having stable long-term permanent relationships in your life, whether that be a father, mother, brother, sister, um, whatever that looks like, a friend, mentor, um, professor, teacher, whatever that looks like for the youth, having that stable person in their life, that, that doesn't take two months. That, that's not something that can be started at 17 and 10 months, uh, two months before they're gonna be kicked out of care uh, and say, all right, here's this person for you. That starts, way before then. So it helps youth in care regardless of their age, because if they're in a position where they're going to perhaps age out at some point, it helps them immensely because they know, ah, well, they have to be looked at before they turn 17, before they turn 60, before they're right about to move out. They have to be looked at early on and they have to have a plan in place much earlier on than they have one in now. Because like I said, you can't just, you can't just put three permanent relationships in a person's life in a matter of months. Um, so that would help youth uh, in care um, in that sense. It would help youth transitioning out of care um, for very obvious reasons. One, it would prevent them from going into um, dangerous uh, pipelines such as prison pipelines or uh, homelessness. Um, it, it prevents that because um, if you know, well, when you say to somebody, I'm gonna kick you out of this house and I don't care if you have a place to live, uh, if they don't have a place to live, well then they are now homeless. Um, and homelessness, of course, as Cheyenne Retnam would say, she would say uh, it's a spectrum. She would explain that uh, sometimes it can mean couch surfing, sometimes it can mean literal homelessness. Some, uh, not literal, perhaps that goes against what I'm saying, but um, perhaps it means you don't have a place to stay. Perhaps it means you're going and living in shelters or staying at a friend's house or whatever that means. 
it prevents, it helps to prevent that because it means, oh, I've got a place to stay. Um, and so it means if, you know, there's a month, if let's say there's, there's a month between the time where you turn 18 and the time where you're maybe, uh, let's say you're leaving care and you're going to Harvard University. Um, and there's a month between the time that you turn 18 and the month that you're supposed to start, let's say in, in residence or whatever at Harvard, um, you're, you're set up for success probably in other facets, but for a month, what are you going to do? Right. So even in the, even in the best of situations, making it so that the program and the, and the, the, yeah, the program that's set in place for the youth is meeting the youth where they're at in the sense that this is what you need. So this is what you get. So it prevents, it prevents the obvious things that, that come with being kicked out without a plan. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, just not having money or not having a place to stay or not having a plan or not having a health card or, um, you know, a pandemic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, one of the, you know, something that, that, that I've spoken with, you know, many times with, with young people in the, in the care system or who, who've left the care system or who are working with people in the care system um, is this, you know, I, this idea of permanency, right? And this idea that it's, it's the young person's, the onus is on the young person, the responsibility on the young person to, to find permanency or to create permanency. And, you know, for those who, who don't go into the child welfare system, the, the permanency is often built in, right? It, it is their, their biological family, whether that be immediate or extended. Um, you know, before you and I started recording, we talked about multiple uh, school experiences going from one school to another school, you know, never more than a year or two at a school or multiple schools in the same year. So you don't develop those those friendships that, that could become permanent, whereas other people will have, you know, friends, they'll be in their 30s, and they'll talk about their friends from kindergarten. And, and that's not the case for many people in, in care. So my, my question has to do, what is the role of those who work with young people in care, when we think about permanency? Because from in my position as a child and youth care practitioner, I can't find you permanency. And at the same time, or permanent relationships. And at the same time, I'm uncomfortable with saying, okay, Connor, you have to find your permanent relationships. Um, so how, how, any thoughts on how we who work with youth can support youth in developing that permanency? Yeah, so I think, I think that that's a really practical question. Um, and I guess my response to that would be something along the lines of what Erwin Alman said, um, uh, during his role at the, the ombudsman, as the Ontario ombudsman, I, I believe it was. Um, and that was, you can't legislate love, but you can legislate the conditions under which love can flourish. And I think letting that sit in, and maybe a dramatic pause for that to sit in, uh, but I think letting, letting that sit in, think about what that means is that, of course, you can't, like, you can't put into legislation. We can't say, oh, right in the syndicators, you have to have three permanent people in your life. Like, that, that poses obvious problems because what if, what if you don't have those people? You can't just force that to have, um, just as you said, you can't just force that on somebody. You can't, you can't force that. Um, so how, how do we get that? Um, and I think, I think 
The answer is found in, in the quote, um, to be honest, and, and maybe that's very philosophy student of me. Um, but I, I really think that while you can't force that on people, you can you can present them with the, the opportunities for them to develop it on their own. So I can't like force a kid to read and learn to read, but I can't force a kid to learn to read, but I can, you know, read books to him every night. And, and you know, when he says, how do, wait, how do you say this word? Well, I guess not say it, right? Uh, well, maybe say it, but, um, you know, he said, how do you say this word? Or how do you, how do you read? How does that, how do you supposed to see all sounded out? You know, how do you, well, it's long to break it down. Well, you know this word and you just add on it, right? So I can, I can, or, or I guess we can help these youth um, and present them with situations where, um, where they can develop long-term permanent relationships and i think a great example um is is like youth can so uh just as you mentioned earlier um people in their 30s uh you know when they get married generally they'll be like oh you know my best friend from college oh my god she is my bridesmaid at my wedding or they'll say oh you know like um yeah you know i met a guy in kindergarten and now he's my best man or now he's you know he's whatever and he was there for me during this really difficult time and um, youth and care simply don't have that, um, you know, by and large, because, um, well, it takes, as you know, we've discussed, it takes more than just a, a little bit uh, of time to um, develop a, a long-term relationship with somebody. And so when you're moving from school to school, which is where you meet the friends that you met a long time ago in school, it can take a while to develop that. And so if you're moved from school before you've developed that, well, then you don't have that permanent relationship. So um, I think I think the reason that I gave youth can as, as an example of this is because just, youth just, can- Just for those who don't know, if, uh, can you yes. just briefly talk about what, what youth can is? Yes, yeah, sorry, I, I forget that. That's okay, that. that's okay. Yeah, there's, so many, there's so many letters and abbreviations and <laughs> whatever in, in, in child welfare. Um, so youth can is uh, youth and then communication advocacy networking, so CAN, C-A-N. And what that is, is that's a conference that's held every year. It was held even this year virtually uh, because in light of COVID. Um, and it's essentially like a club for youth in care, except instead of a club, it's a conference and, and it's only with youth in care. So youth in care will, will even tell you um, that this conference, I mean, I can personally tell you this conference has had a life-changing impact on me attending it, working at it, uh, helping to plan it. It has been, uh, especially when, I, when I've gone to it and when, you know, we were allowed to go <laughs> to things in person, um, okay. life-changing impact. Because when you're in a room full of 200 people that share at the very core of your identity, they share that with you. They sh you, you don't have to skip any of the fake, oh, like, oh, you're a new kid. Why are you coming to this new school? And it's April. Oh, my dad moved for work or whatever, you know, you're going to tell them if you know you're not really open about about your story then um it makes it really difficult because you have to have that guard up all the time but at youth camp which is the conference you you get to just drop that immediately because every person knows yeah i know i know you got a background i know i don't judge you for it me too bro and that's the same for every person in the room so you can go up to somebody and immediately create that connection because you've already got the core of your identity in common and it's just, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so, it, it, it's so awesome and it's so life-changing. And, and this is something that um, is just one example of, of an opportunity for you to create long-term relationships. I still know people from, from 
you know, from 2014 youth can, I still know people um, from 2018 youth can, 2019 youth can, from 2020 youth can. Well, you know, that doesn't say as much as the 2014 does, but still know people and have had permanent relationships um, with both adults and with um, more specifically with um, some youth that attended with me. And um, it's fantastic. So that's something that we can do um, that isn't forcing the youth, but is creating the circumstances um, for the youth where they're more likely to develop a permanent relationship. Nice, nice. So as, as we start to wrap up our conversation, you, you've talked about some of the current projects that, that um, Using Care Canada is doing and sort of your, your mandate. Um, in, your, in your role as president, you have new ideas that you are, are exploring that you're free to, to reveal to us and, and talk about with us? New projects on the horizon? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think I mentioned earlier uh, already. I've already mentioned my uh, project that I'm currently working on uh, in collaboration with OCAC and Erwin Elman uh, is the readiness indicators. Uh, aside from that, not really doing like all too much in terms of large projects, but in terms, excuse me, in terms of at the core of what Youth and Care Canada does and doing stuff for Youth and Care Canada, um, I do have a note right here that says plans for youth and care Canada. Um, so one of the things is, uh, so I've got a list, I think there's like six or seven of these, um, but essentially um, when I became president, uh, which was uh, actually when I first joined, as I mentioned the story earlier, as I first joined Youth and Care Canada and immediately was recommended for uh, an executive position, uh, which I didn't really know anything about the organization. Uh, so I said, okay, well, you know, what do you, what do you recommend? Uh, the president said, well, I recommend that you're vice president. Uh, we can work together. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'll do that then. Um, so as the vice president um, uh, and elected to be the vice president. And then around six months later, the president uh, left for a month on mental health leave. And so I took over as, um, you know, the role as interim president. And then um, he decided that he wasn't going to return um, for the same reasons that he uh, initially took the, the leave of absence. And so I, uh, I'm just kept the, the position. Um, and so um, I thought, well, I, you know, it's not like I have an election platform, but I have some ideas that we could make you think our Canada better. Uh, and I think some of them, as I'll get into, are listed here. Um, so one of them is um, monthly president updates and accomplishments for each director. So what is the president doing? What is um, the director from Yellowknife doing? What is the director um, from, you know, um, anywhere doing what are, what are we all doing when you do something great let's talk about it let's have a page on our website where we just say hey i'm working on readiness indicators oh update you know we got 800 endorsers and we got a meeting with the government awesome um you know update from bc uh you know extended moratoriums yay good job um so something like that to really celebrate the accomplishments of what each director is doing um because then the, i think that it would make the directors they're more like excited because they're doing great things and i want to recognize that so that's one thing um, another thing would be uh, looking at how to raise more money, uh, and that's always a thing uh, that everybody's doing, so it's not exactly a new thing. Um, uh, but essentially, uh, you know, of course, Youth and Care Canada is a, is a completely volunteer-based organization, um, so none of the directors receive any sort of pay, um, uh, and so they're completely... Um, they're completely volunteering. And so one of the things that I used to do while volunteering was fundraising. I have a, a, a little bit of a background in fundraising. So I thought huh, I'd bring that to the table and then that way we could make more money um, for the organization because um, like 
we're sort of just reliant on, on donors to, to fund our projects and, and what we do. Um, and then I guess, um, I guess the final thing that I'll, that I'll say about what I have planned for Youth and Care Canada uh, is, um, is bringing in a, a mentorship sort of, or not a mentorship, but like an advisory council to the board of directors. So there are some, um, I don't want to say old people, but there are some um, experienced people uh, in the in the sector, um, such as like such as Irwin, such as uh, Cheyenne, both people that I'm working with, both people that I have worked with, and both people that are fantastic and I go to for advice. And so, if we have those people on like an advisory council for Youth and Care Canada, well, then um, if ever um, you know the organization is struggling, or if ever somebody from the organization is struggling, well, they can go to that person. Um, because um, that person has experience in, you know, how much it sucks to hit your head against a wall and then feel like you're hitting a head against a wall, rather, when uh, you're, you're trying to advocate for youth and, and do the same thing over and over again, and you keep getting knocked down um, by certain barriers. So um, people that you can go to to talk about or, or strategic planning um, for the organization, I think that that would just overall strengthen the organization. So those are a couple of the ideas uh, that I have uh, for for just making Youth Care Canada a better uh, and smoother organization. I, I think those are fabulous ideas. Absolutely. Celebrate your successes, um, gain more money, and and find those supportive people with, with experience. I think those are those are those are great, 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 great things to be um, moving towards. And I and I I'm excited to have you as the new president. I'm excited for your time. I I you know, listening to you today, your, your enthusiasm, your excitement, your ideas, your conviction. Um, I, I think it's going to, it's going to be really, really wonderful for the organization. And I, um, and I want to thank you for, for taking that role because it is a very, um, time consuming role. It's, it's, a, it's a hard role. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, You've been doing this for, for many, many years. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it becomes, you know, I, I absolutely 100%, you know, support the I, idea of, of first voice. And, and sometimes it can be a, a lot to carry, right? That, you know, young people from the, the care system need to also be responsible for changing the care system or holding the care system responsible and, you know, you know, holding that weight, carrying that weight, um, can also be a lot. So I, I want to honor and recognize it and, and, and say thank you for all of us who work in the system that you are doing this work because it's, it's really important and, um, and we appreciate it. So thank you. Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much. That, um, this is so encouraging, so kind. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, so I am going to try to rope you in again at some point in the future to, to talk about how successful you've been in the readiness indicators, how you've changed the provincial government's approach to transitioning out of the child welfare system and how, how the, you know, things are so different in, in, a, across the country. So expect my, expect my emails to be coming. Um, in the interim, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you again for having me. I'm, um, I do like what we've created and I'm excited to listen to the podcast myself. Awesome. It'll be up um, in about a month. Bye-bye for now, Connor. 
perfect. Goodbye. Thank you for having me, Wolfgang.